0: Welcome back everybody to the Life Like a Movie podcast. This podcast is here to help you, to help me, to help us as a collective, start to create our reality from the inside out and to create a life that's more conscious, that's more loving. Because at the end of the day, I think it'd be pretty damn cool if more love was shared in the world. And that starts from inside of us. And today we have a very wonderful guest, Ella. We connected weirdly through Instagram, through the Explore page on Instagram, and and now here we are, not too long later, not even a week later, and we're gonna be talking about manifestation, something that you guys, I know are huge fans of because who doesn't wanna create their reality and create more awesome stuff? Um, one for me, please, you know, uh, I definitely want to. So um, Ella, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, I'm excited to talk.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so I'd like to start, just maybe a, a little bit of a background on your story and how you became the the, the powerful manifestor that you are
1: yeah so i i guess i'll do it in a, a quick summary i guess but i had a very different childhood to a lot of people so and um, when i was born i was um my my legs didn't work so i was in hospital yes, for yes. all of my childhood and i i was in a wheelchair for half for i'd say the first quarter of my life and so I was very much isolated and alone a lot of the time. I was living in hospital, um, you know, yeah, just in a wheelchair. It's a different perspective of life you get from the very beginning. And um, that kind of turned into me being very shy because I was, you know, stared at a lot, um, quite a people pleaser. I had no self-worth within myself. And so, um, you know, going into high school, secondary school, I struggled. Um, I was dyslexic and dyspraxic. So I found it really hard. I failed everything and... I was like it it was a very small school and i found it really hard to fit in like i would eat lunch in the bathrooms by myself like school was just hell it was torture to me and i always felt very different and for some reason every other girl in the class was like a straight-a student and i just failed everything like i couldn't focus i couldn't sit still i couldn't listen so when i was 17 years old i actually dropped out of school um, dropped out of high school. And I just walked home one day and was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, yeah, I just dropped out. My parents were like, okay, that's just what she's gonna do. And I what were were,
0: did, were your parents like pissed at first when you dropped out? Or were they expecting you to go to university and things of that nature?
1: Uh, not even they're very supportive, but like they were, you know, I think parents want the best for you, and they were very worried in a sense, but they also know when I make my mind up, like no one can convince me otherwise. Like it wasn't even a ah. question i've left you're not letting me come back in like i remember gotcha. when the last couple of months i'd be in bed and i'm like you can't bring drag me to school i like didn't go into school ever i just stayed in bed i was like you can't make me go like i was very stubborn so I see. It was like, okay cool so they were like okay you're gonna have to get a job so you know i went and i got a job i um anyway see i always wanted to youtube i wanted to do it since i was 12 years old but i was so scared of what people would think like it yes. ate me up um yes. i did see a youtube channel when i was 12 but then it um I deleted it because I was embarrassed. And in Ireland, it's not common to do anything mm. online, like YouTube was not a thing then either. So I was okay. very scared of being bullied. So yes. when I was 17, I dropped out of school, and my brother handed me my first self development book because he's an entrepreneur, he's yeah. very into all of this before ah, I was. So he was, ah. yeah. So from the age of 17 to 20, we were living together because we living in a family home, and I worked, I went through six minimum wage jobs, and I was just studying. Mindset and law of attraction, all of this on the side. So, like every night, he'd make me watch like Grant Cardone seminars and Ty Lopez and (laughs) (laughs) Barry and like the the classics from that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he was, I love it. You're coming in here, he'd put it on like a movie, and it obviously was very masculine world. So, I got really, really masculine, which at the time was, it was really helpful for me. Um,
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So, I went through like a lot of minimum wage jobs, nothing was changing. I was very unhappy in my work. I was doing YouTube. So the first day he handed me my self-help book, I went home and started my YouTube channel that first day. So the first ever thing that opened me into that world, I did something that I was so scared of for five years. And it made me realize how powerful this kind of niche area is. And so I had my YouTube channel, nothing was really changing. And when I was 20, our family, um, we lost our home very suddenly. And we were told, all of us, had to move out within a day Um, and I had had like $500 savings probably like nothing. So I um, was able to sleep on my auntie's couch for two weeks and I have a Canadian passport. So I booked my ticket to Canada. I was so scared. I felt like I just, I'd gone into like a soul shock of like fight or flight. So um, I knew about law of attraction and I knew at that time I knew I, I was able to manifest. So I was able to manifest a beautiful place and I started my coaching business the day before I lost my home. So that was when wow. I really purpose. it was like, I felt like God or source. So I don't know what you say, but, um, in my both, heart, both was are like, great. Oh. yeah. Okay. In my heart, I was like, okay, coaching is what I want to do. And I manifested my first client and the next day we lost our home. And it was like such a shock for me. And I wasn't really good at feeling into my emotions. So I was like, oh, it's fine. It's great. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. Like I was very in the head. And so I it worked it was very good for me at the time. So I moved to Canada and I got a job in a gym. I was waking up at 5am every day, um, going to the gym. It was a two hour commute to this job that was earning, I was earning like $50 a day at this job. And I was so broke. And um, six months into working at this job, I was, I was so burnt out. And every day after work, I come home and work on YouTube and my business and like studying all these courses. And I remember this one day I went into this store um i got really guided to go into the store i had 30 dollars mm. in my bank account for the rest of the month like barely any money and um do you know gabby bernstein yeah sure yeah so i walked into the bookstore and her book was called super attractor and it was sitting there and it was the first like spiritual experience i had where my face mm. turned into hers so i was looking at this book no and way it, yeah and it was it was like radiating like glowing like it was like god was shining a light in it i was so like dazed and um my face was hers like i i only saw my face and i was like this is so weird so i picked it up and then that book i went home and i read it and that's what triggered my spiritual awakening and so then yes. i said okay i really want to start talking about manifestation and spirituality and so the minute i did that my channel grew from like ten thousand subscribers to like seventy thousand within a month wow, um, In a
0: month wow
1: yeah like crazy times and okay maybe a little bit over a month but um then I was able to manifest a six-figure business like within six months of the spiritual journey and this wow. path learning and learning and things started really to propel
0: yes
1: um and then you know I hit like my highest month I think I made like 50 grand in one month I was 21 wow and, and I uh I was more depressed than ever so yeah. it was a very, your turn. I know the spiritual path can bring you down these things. So that's when I really started diving into like my emotions and into my soul. And I don't know if you know the difference. Like, I, I know, you know, talk about ego a lot, like the difference between ego manifestations and soul manifestations.
0: Share you with know about-
1: Yeah. So I think before the ego, I was trying to manifest everything to prove to others, like everyone in my hometown, because when I started YouTube, like everyone would put help me on their TV and they laugh at me and put me on their stories. And it uh, was like, yeah. so... Um, I wanted to prove myself to everyone. And so when I realized that this wasn't what was fulfilling me, because it was for the wrong reasons, I had to really dive within myself and see where is this insecurity coming from? Where's all this fear coming from? And was able to balance that out. And now I teach kind of manifesting from the heart and really what's going to truly fill you. But I always say people need to learn. Uh, People need to go through that phase because they're going to like, it's easy to say, oh, like money doesn't bring you happiness in the way you're craving it until you get that. So I always influence and encourage people to, to manifest whatever they want because um that's what you're going to realize okay maybe I want to start learning things from the heart and that's when you kind of dive within yourself and that's what you teach is like the inside world is a reflection of the outer whereas yes I think when people think manifestation it's always the outer it's just focused on what can I get out here to feel fulfilled within here yes. so, yeah so yeah it was a, it was a journey but it uh yeah got me to here today Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's quite the story. Um, there's so much I could pull from that. I'm, I'm trying to think about what's going to add the most value to the audience. I have so many selfish questions I want to ask from that. But, um, what I will say is I'm curious because the one thing that seemed to stay consistent through all of this, through the ego manifestation, through the soul manifestation, and I'm assuming up until today was your discipline and your drive. And I'm curious, Mm -hmm. did that stem from, like you said, you were in the hospital when you were a child. I saw the pictures on Instagram as well. Um, the baby picture of you. And, yeah. and was this like, was constantly being in the hospital and feeling like you had to be taken care of being different than other kids? Did it make you feel like, like not good enough? And so that's how you initially developed your drive was to prove. And then after you change from the ego to say more soul, yet you still had those habits in your brain and body, but it was just coming from a different place. Now is that sort of on the mark?
1: absolutely yeah when I was I was in casts all throughout my life like I barely saw my leg you know it was always yeah. in the cast I was always in surgery and so I felt like I, I created this cage around me of protection and so I thought you know I, I felt so unsafe in my body like beyond unsafe um for yeah. many different things that happened in the hospital that just weren't um very vulnerable for me and so what happened is you know I had to that's what I thought okay if I achieve success out here, I'm going to feel worthy. And so I was never aware of this and that's why I had such a drive to do it. But also because in school I was kind of told, you know, like you're not going to go anywhere. Like I was kind of, you know, failing everything. I was dyslexic, dyspraxic. Um, So I just just felt like so worthless in school. I felt I had nothing to offer. I believed I was dumb for a lot of my life. So when I found something that I really loved for the first time, I was like, I can't let go of this. So that's when I really started to get obsessed with it. And it did work for me at the time. And I also think my brother had a big impact because he That's kind of right, fed your this brother. Other- Yeah. Yes. Like I remember like I had in Canada, I had like $200 off my bank account and I bought a ticket to meet Grant Cardone because I, uh, I was just <laughs> I lo- so desperate. I love that this. shit.
0: I know the feeling. Yeah. I love yeah, that shit. And I,
1: um, yeah. I met Elena and I met Grant and they're so lovely. And that moment changed my life in so many ways, even though it's not, I don't really watch them too much anymore. It's like, just getting around that energy was uh, so important for me at the time. And I, I believe everything's synchronistic. So everything happens the way it's meant to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Well, um, multiple things I can personally relate to there. Um, First of all, going back to people, pleasing, having a a Mm -hmm. low self-worth, I I still see that in myself today. I'm like, do I really need to be smiling right now? Or am I just smiling? Like, am I full of shit? Like, um, I I, I still, I still see that in myself today. And like, I, I think that that, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in wanting to be something that we're not for the sole reason of being accepted by others because we desperately want to feel like we're worthy of love. And yet I think that very act of being somebody we're not is the very thing that's holding us from the dreams that we deeply crave and mm-hmm. the feelings that we really want. And so what would you say to somebody who is currently not living in their truth, woman or man, and, and what are like some, some like exercises or like ways of thinking that they could adopt to start living more in their truth. And and I don't want to make this sound like some big, like spiritual concept, like living in my truth, just like, like, like not being a people pleaser, like just coming back to a little bit more grounded, a little bit more like, I know who I am. I love who I am. And like life can be challenging, but like one step at a time, I'm going to make it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um firstly it's it's never gonna go away that feeling. And if we keep we're we're just gonna be on a hamster wheel. So it you know, sometimes our egos can be very stubborn because we we're like trying to do everything we can to prove that like we're comfortable the way we are. Um and I'd say the ways to do that would really understand is going back to your childhood because I believe people who are people-pleasers kind of have more of a sensitive soul. And so they were told mm-hmm. in this reality mm-hmm. that they weren't safe to be who they were. I um, mean, we are all told that we're not good as we are. Like the minute we go to school, we're graded on our grades. And if not, we're not, we're not good enough. And so we, we create this mask of who we think will be acceptable. But the truth is, is like, you have to reclaim that. So I think going back to what you like to do as an inner child, which is, you know, more the feminine energy is going into what makes you happy, what makes you light up, what makes you feel fulfilled. And when you, tap into that energy of what actually makes you feel incredible you're gonna want to go back to that but it's also understanding I think understanding the mind that everyone feels this way and yeah. we're so caught up in what others think and everyone's just thinking about themselves like we're we're so cruel to ourselves mm. on so many levels and we're our harshest critic and we also live with ourselves 24 7 so we see all the darkness within us we see all the things that we don't want people to see but understand like that's just your perception so I think firstly, just find things that make you light up your soul. Like what really sparks your inner child? Because that's kind of stripped out of us from a very young age. Like the minute we get, we go into school, you know, it's, it's really conditioned out of us. Like stop playing, stop talking. Like, you know, we're really yes. told not to do this. So it's about unlearning what we were taught. So really just deconstructing the beliefs and asking like, are these really, are these fulfilling me? Are these really
0: yeah making
1: okay. a person? And also understand like, this is such a messed up visual, but it's like, a, like, I don't know if you believe in reincarnation, all that sort of stuff. But like, I just feel like visualizing on your deathbed, it's like, you're going to look back and you don't, I always kind of visualize myself as an old woman. And I'm like, what would I say then? Like, what would I think then? Yes, um, and yes. I kind of embody that feeling of being an old woman. Like I sometimes walk around feeling like I'm like 90 and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. If I was 90, you don't give a crap. So um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So, so I literally wrote a post this week. Um, it's, I'm titling it is like, is it weird that I'm talking about death or something like that? Because I love death and I like, I think people think yeah. I'm super weird, but I genuinely have this like weird fetish where I just imagine myself like dying and like, <laughs> and like, I just, and it's so useful. It is so useful. Mm-hmm. Um, bec- yeah, yeah, because like, if it really was our last day, like for example, today, um, with Leia and I, um, I was driving back and she said something before I left that kind of triggered me and I felt a little bit like annoyed and it was something really small I can't remember what it was now but um I'm driving back on my scooter and I was just think I'm still feeling kind of annoyed and I'm like why am I what come on like what's going on here and I imagine myself in my death but I'm like if this was my last day would I care about one little comment no way yeah. and same thing for you and I as as ex people pleasers and ex people who really overvaluable people people's opinions. I'm not saying I'm perfect, um, but I'm saying that we, we still maybe value them a little bit. Like when we're on our deathbed, we're not gonna care if we did or didn't do the public speech. When we're on our deathbed, we're not gonna care if we did or, or, or if we didn't follow our dreams. And in Bronnie Ware's book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, the number one truth, or excuse me, the number one regret that they had was I regret not living my truth. Mm-hmm. The number one regret. And so that's what I think people are really craving for. And that's what I, th- I think people um, really miss. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to switch switch topics here. Um, and what I want to switch to is money. So how to manifest in general, but then how to manifest money. Because lots of people listening to this want more money.
1: Yeah. there's Oh my God, there's a million things I could say. I've always been interested <laughs> in talking about money. And like, it's such a taboo subject, which is like one of the problems, like that it's an awkward Agreed. subject. Like I'm so open about it. And I think it's so like it's so it's so normal it's like this whole system the minute we're like four years old we're put into school because we are taught how to make money like this whole everything we do is for money for our careers our purpose not that that's the main driver but it's like this is the number one thing the world makes that the world goes around but it's the most unspoken about topic um and so there was a few tricks I did to manifest money when I was first like my business started really like before to to attract that reality in and there was mainly two things the first thing was whenever I was on the subway on my my way to work I would guess people's salaries I would look at people and be like oh he's earning 50,000 he's earning like 60,000 and I would visualize I'd be like oh my god there's like millions in this commute like there is millions Mm. of dollars like right here or if I was in a car and I was driving past these houses I'm like oh my god I'm driving past hundreds of millions worth of property like money is everywhere and That's the thing is we think it's such a scarce, limited thing. We cling on to it if we have it. Money is energy. It's just like uh, water or it's just like air. And that's another thing. I see money as oxygen. Like when I'm breathing, I'm like, it's an abundant source, just like oxygen. It's nothing to be feared of. And it's not scarce and it's not limited. And when I lost my home, like it was was the opposite. I had a completely different relationship to it. And so someone would be like, okay, you've got to be safe. You've got to save. But in my heart, I knew that that was the lesson that I actually had to realize more. Um, that wealth was around me, like that opportunity was for me to reclaim the wealth that I already knew I was within me. So, um, I think really understanding money is money is absolutely everywhere. And it's just an exchange of energy. It's like anything else. It's just, it's neutral. And we've been conditioned to either, there's either two sides of the spectrum that like, Oh, it's limited. We're greedy. It's really hard to obtain or it's, or yeah, it's it's the opposite. Like you're conditioned like rich people are like, uh, selfish and they're bad and money is literally neutral. It's the energy we attach to that, which creates that reality or that experience. So, um, really it's so important to look at your money, um, your relationship with money. I say, treat it like a partner, like treat it like your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your wife, your Mm. husband, like they're attracted to you. Like you, you have to love them and they're going to love you back and come to you because whether you believe it or not, you know, it's very real to me. And I think that you have to nurture your relationship. I also always say, go back to your childhood. How was your Um, how did your parents speak about money? Were they scarce? Were they like, what did they speak about from the beginning? Cause that's really where it all comes from. So yeah. Um, yeah. going into your childhood and realizing like, okay, how do my parents treat money? You know, my mom, um, she grew up in a family of 12 and the, her dad was an alcoholic and he was never around. And my the mom was a minimum wage worker. And so they moved 12 times. She moved six times in school. And every time the house got smaller to the point where there was 12 of them sleeping in a room together.
0: Wow. And so- my,
1: always was just like safety security and so she conditioned that into me too you know very much like you have to be safe you have to be secure and she doesn't mind me speaking about this because now she knows all of this stuff she's an, a very awakened woman um, and and uh yeah just has to, I just had to realize this is from my mom this is not me and then yes. unlearning yeah
0: yeah um and I, I love to dive in here quickly uh if you if you can into the unlearning part because yeah and i want to like get super tactical and then perhaps even give a call to action to our listeners because this is not going to be one of those podcasts where you listen to it and they give like the most juicy like you just gave one of the juiciest nuggets if someone wants to earn more money is to go back to their childhood and ask like why is this belief there and unlearn it that is like one of the juiciest nuggets imaginable yet i bet you that went in one year and out the other for many listeners because it's just something that's just thrown around so if you wouldn't mind getting super tactical in how you personally would go back and unlearn a belief.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm not sure are your listeners mainly men is is or are they kind of both because I feel like yeah I can yeah think, okay. yeah. So I, I'm thinking
0: more. It, it, no, it's like it's like 60, 40 or 65, 35. Okay cool. okay, cool. To men,
1: um, sure. what I would do is sit with yourself. You can meditate first and get a journal. And when you hear the word money, what comes up? And really feel into that. Be like, yeah. just be honest with you. Write that down and. Get your journal and write. Okay, I feel um I feel scared. I feel, your body tenses up. Like this is even when you're handing your credit card over to pay for something is your body tensed? or are you like, "Oh, this is amazing. Like I have money to spend." Yes. Like that's yes. how I see it. I'm like, "Fuck yeah. Like, oh my god, I get to pay for all these cool things." Um, and really feel into that and ask the question why and you just keep deconstructing. So, you'll go, "Why do I feel scared?" "Oh, because money is hard to earn." "Why do I think that?" And you keep going Mm -hmm. down it always goes to fear it always comes to the very end of just i'm scared of it like i'm scared of it that is the attachment we have associated with money is is fear regardless what people think because we're taught how to think and um i think that's really important and also even just putting your hand on your heart and really going back to your childhood and trying to reclaim any memories that come up and that can take practice but when you really understand that um like for example my dad i remember this came up in a meditation once my dad I'd always ask him if I was in the shops for sweets. I'd be like, can I have a Euro? And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, I didn't expect he'd say yes. I was like, can I have two Euro? And he was like, no, you only asked for one. So I was like, in my head, then I remember from that moment being like, oh, okay, like money is, you know, it's a very difficult thing to get from people. Like it's very tricky. Uh, So that was something. So I I like to visualize it like a a cloak or a chain kind of around your heart chakra because the heart chakra is green and that's what I associate with money. And I feel like the heart is the magnet to abundance and really visualize yourself taking that cloak off and really feeling the weight of that denseness of that pressure of that um, false reality and letting that go. Um, But yeah, you could probably do the journal thing, just reconstructing it. Why, 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 why? And go back to that. And when you get to the root, you realize it's so silly. Like the belief is just (laughs) silly. Uh,
0: Thank you for that. And, and And I'll, I even add one more thing onto it. I mean, if someone's listening and they're willing to do it then they probably have some money beliefs or they've heard of money affirmations or things of that nature. So if you try saying a money affirmation, like money is abundant and it's always flowing to me and you feel resistance in your body, like what the hell are you talking about? Or like, like a tense up, like you were saying anything to do with money, like, and you feel tense, like just, just if I were to say something, I'd just say, be aware, carry a journal with you. And like, don't be afraid of any feelings that come up in general, like really learn to sit with feelings because there's so many juicy nuggets to receive from them. Um, And yeah, Thank you for that.
1: Yeah. When I uh, was going through my spiritual awakening for the first couple of months, I would walk in the forest every morning at 5.00 AM. And the first thing, I don't know if you believe in downloads. I definitely do like a download from source. First thing I received always was like, it was always about money. And I was always confused because that, you know, the spiritual, one of the most toxic spiritual beliefs is that money is toxic. Like that is so toxic in itself. Um, and that's just spiritually bypassing in a sense, like the one of the two main purposes we came here was for purpose and for earning a living, like to create a living for yourself, that you, you have the role of doing that. Uh, But the biggest thing that kept coming back to me was like, Ella, money is so abundant and about 90% of it is energy, right? Because it's on our phones. Like 90% of the money isn't physical. Only 10% of that money is cash. So most of it is literally is energy. It's not even physically real in this reality. And I also like would, um, walk around when I was going through my spiritual awakening every day I would walk I get really early before work and I'd walk around this wealthy neighborhood it was like a 40 minute walk to this place but I was so devoted to it at the time and I was like desperate in a sense and I would walk around this really wealthy neighborhood and I would just feel so at home and I would feel like this is this is who I am like this is my reality I've really felt it within me like this is so normal to me um and I had to allow that that feeling to come in, like this is normal, this is really, really normal, and this is my reality. And I also visualized this is quite mask. I laugh, I laugh because I've changed so much since then. But I'd visualized the bricks in the homes as books, and the more I learned, the more, the more wealthy I would get. So
0: I had oh, all these little, beautiful.
1: Yeah, I had all these like little little tricks I did. But you know, honestly, after just doing this for two months, I remember earning like ten thousand my first month, then twenty thousand, then thirty thousand, and then forty, and like it just kept going up and this stuff really works regardless of what people want to say. Um, and that, that's, that's what propelled that into my reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I I think that's super powerful. I'm getting a a consistent theme with you and the consistent theme that I'm getting is that you have this drive or this hunger. And at first, perhaps it's uh, like someone's walking 40 minutes to walk around wealthy neighborhoods, 40 minutes back. Um, there's, there's something to that. That's weird. That's not, that's, that's, that's not normal. Um, and I say weird with, with the most amount of love and, and genuine admiration, because I love weird stuff because weird just means not normal, not what society has taught us to do. And so like, I'm, I'm curious now, what's your Mm -hmm. purpose? What's your drive? What, what really like gets you out of bed? Because if you've made money, um, I'm sure you want to make more money, but I'm sure there's also something else driving you. Because what I've learned is that in my own experience, but also from my friends, like there's a point where doing things just for money, like the enjoyment runs out big time. I I found that for myself. So for you, as you're increasing your income and your impact, what's driving you? What's what's your purpose?
1: That's a great question. So I lived in the Canary islands for six months. I moved like two months ago and this was when I'd hit a block where I was earning so much money and I felt so, like, oh, this is not this is not going to keep going because this thing I'm chasing is not outside of me. And so I moved to the Canary Islands. It's a cosmic vortex. It's a very mystical island. And I devoted those six months to literally finding love within myself, healing myself. And it completely changed me as a person. Like I have never cried more in my entire life in those six months. Like the amount of tears <laughs> yeah. I shed is. Yeah, but it cracked me open and I felt it was, it was the island that opened my heart and I went yeah. through that initiation stage. And the first thing I realized was I can't have a negative stigma to manifestation because it got me through this journey. And that's what got me to that healing growth and really awakening the feminine. Cause I was the most masculine girl you could have met. Like it cause my brother was my mentor. He was my role. I mm. only watched men. Guide. I didn't follow a single female thought leader. Like it was men only. I was like, women are weak. Like it was yes. just in my DNA. And that really just came from my childhood of fear. But um, I went through that initiation stage. And also, uh, do you believe in angels or spirit guides?
0: I'm getting there. Leia <laughs> okay. slowly but surely getting me there. I, um, Yeah, this that's audience okay. definitely does not. But anyways, go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, that's fine. But basically, I really came to that inner reality of realizing the thing I've always craved is my most authentic expression, my soul expression, or who I am as a person. And I want to help women find that within themselves. And this is the thing manifest their dream life, but coming from the right intentions, because yes, I yes. don't want people necessarily to go through that journey of <laughs> deep, 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 deep depression. And then just feeling like, Oh, like you have to go within. And like you said, you're going from the five D to the three D it's like, it's all the internal work. Um, So it's really about finding love within yourself, coming back to yourself. So that goes through going into the feminine energy. And I feel like the feminine energy is the most magnetic when it comes to manifestation. It's the yes. creator. Um, so it's manifesting your dream life from that. And I know I know you said you don't believe in spirit guides and angels and all this, but um, one of my gifts is I can channel people's higher selves. Um, I wow. can, you know, feel their energy and I can tell them exactly what's propelling them. And I see it as like a slingshot. So a lot of people want to walk towards their dreams or run. But if you go back into the energetics, the healing, you're going to sling forward miles more it's like the slingshot effect I see you kind of have to go back into the internal to realize how you're going to propel forward and that's really my passion is like seeing and understanding the nitty-gritty so um I've been doing it for a lot of people but um many people and I can tell them everything that's going on in their life without them telling me like I've been able to tell people like oh okay Uh, I can tell your parents like are getting a separation right now is that true and they're like wait how did you know that like i can yeah. i can channel their higher selves yeah. and find out everything and through the energetics of really understanding what's blocking them and resisting them and holding back when you get through that that's when you can manifest your dream life in such a more glorious fulfilling way than anything that a lot of people think it can um so it's about healing the internal that then propels and re- attracts that reality on the external
0: yes yes yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, That's a powerful gift that you have, by the way. That's a very powerful gift and a useful gift. And I think it's going to become more common. And I think Mm -hmm. that more people people are going to be asking for that as as the decades go on. Um, Mm -hmm. Last question I want to ask, it's a bit of a selfish question because uh, I aspire to get to 50,000 in a month as you have. Um, Mm -hmm. My next goal is 20,000 in a month. And I would just love it if you could give me and anyone else who's at around that point where they've made some money, they have a bit of cash flow going, they have a little business going on, but like to kind of take them to their next level, say the next uh, ten or twenty thousand dollars a month. What advice would you give that person?
1: Uh, I really believe in vision boards. It's very cliche, but I think oh, yeah, we think it's so impossible. This is the thing: you think something is impossible until you experience it, and you're like, oh, this is so beyond real. Um, and so I think one thing that really helps me, I'm actually living with my, um, I, I basically met a friend in Canada when I moved there and I, I became friends with quite successful people and I went to their apartment and I remember being like, oh, this is real. Like being a millionaire is real or being like really successful is real. And that's when it adopted within me. Oh my God. It's like seeing people in the physical reality, like, oh, it's possible for them. It's possible for me. Law of yes. oneness. We're all one. We all have a heartbeat. And through seeing others they can achieve that so can you so i really just started to it's so funny because i made a spiritual i i I cut a bunch of spiritual youtubers and i stuck it on my wall when i was in canada and it's so weird because at the time i didn't have a spiritual awakening i didn't even watch spiritual youtubers so i have no clue why i was inclined to print out all these female spiritual youtubers um it's like my soul knew before i even did but um seeing them and seeing oh this is how they were able to do it so can i is really just having people that I could look up to and be like, oh, if they can, so can I. It's really just the law of relativity. Like we're we're all, we all have a heartbeat. And so if yeah. another can, do it, so can I. But it's, if I find role models who um, who have done that, I really, it's, it's not necessarily copy them, but just see the light within them, within yourself. It's not about re- replicating or copying or like, now you can't copy their marketing strategy. But like when yeah. it comes to like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like seeing the light within them, you have that yeah. in you and that's what we're drawn to.
0: (laughs) That's what we're drawn to. Did you you just, did you just relate the light within to a marketing strategy?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, you can like, of course there's marketing to things and you can like see, get inspired by that. But I mean, like, it's really just seeing others. It's possible for them. It's possible for you too. And I think it goes back to self-love is realizing you're worthy of that and you deserve that. And that can be the biggest block. Sometimes we're our biggest resistor and we don't even realize we make think we crave it, but every part of us is like pushing it away because we don't feel we deserve it or when we get it we get rid of it I've met so many people who make the money they get rid of it immediately because deep down they don't feel they deserve that yeah. so again it's going within yourself and saying why do I believe I can't do this keep questioning why I love questioning why like why keep going deeper deeper it's because like, I didn't believe I'm good enough yes, and then you're like oh okay if that's my belief if that's the thing I'm battling against that's a tiny little silly belief like okay that's fine and then you just
0: go out there and do it <laughs> Oh my God, you make it sound so simple. Um, thank you, thank you. It for is that. though. It is. It absolutely is. Um, yeah. My God. Um, I've so much. It's not easy, but it's simple. Agreed. Emotions can seem a lot bigger than they really are. That is for sure. Um, especially ones like I'm not worthy. Uh, Ella, <laughs> I would like to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking the time. Um, but what I feel even deeper is thank you for sharing your newfound message. Um, taking time on the Canary Islands for yourself is now benefiting all of us. And thank you for the tears you've been through. Thank you for diving into your beautiful feminine energy. Because uh, I've learned uh, through Leia over the last um, six months that it's actually extremely healing. It was healing for me and it's healing for the world. Um, yeah. Really, I, I can feel you. And and thank you for sharing your light and shining your light. Um, I wish you so much more prosperity and love. And um, I just, I'm just so grateful. I feel super grateful to be able to have met you and share your message. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that lovely Masters. And the same with you. It's it's so amazing to connect with people who are trying to make a difference in this world and for whatever journey they went on or difficult path, because usually we do go on difficult paths to find this, this, this area um, is uh, just compassion and and love for all who are doing this. So thank you so much for having me as well. I had so much fun.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Such a pleasure.